I spend thousands of dollars buying beef and chicken for my dog. And I just fed her a Pringle. <laughs> That's so horrible. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jaded. We're here in the green room of the comedy store in the belly room. I brought some sage because I thought, wouldn't it be funny if all the fire, the fire alarms just start going off? All of a sudden, all the lights go off. The ghosts are not going to like this, you guys. Right? We don't want any ghosts in here. Or maybe we do, unless they make me funnier. I've never had any ghost experiences, but a lot of dark stuff has happened here, so you never know. Just... Hi, guys. Welcome. It's been a great day. I've been keeping really busy. I bought a close-up mirror and realized that I grow a full mustache every day, every single day. And... um. I've been laser hair removing all my hair from my body for years. And then I lost a tiny bit of hair here and, and it was finally my body catching up and being like, we get what you're doing. <laughs> we'll help you. We'll help you shed some hair. And I'm like, no, that's the one place. Am I going to burn the place down if this is going still? I'll put it out. I was given a creativity kit. I really believe in this stuff, all the crystals and meditation and all this stuff. Because you know what? If you think about this, we're all matter, right? And and we all bounce off of each other's vibrational energy. And if you're giving off shit energy, you're going to fucking get it. Think about it. When you have one of those horrible days and like one bad thing happens after the next, after the next, after the other, that's you bringing that to yourself. But don't feel bad. Don't go like, oh, I have a bad thought that's going to ruin my day. But I thought I'd share that recently I had a really big shift in attitude and um, I don't know, maybe I can help you guys if you're in a bad mood. My thing is like, I am so good at being negative. <laughs> like I've been going to therapy for a long time and I'm finally positive that I'm a negative person. Like that's where I'm at. Like I, I understand that negative thoughts come to me easier than positive ones. But much like exercise, which is also not as fun to do, um, mind like mindfulness and positive thoughts is something you have to work on every fucking day like every day and something that I've really uh loved doing in the past that I share with people now is like whenever you have a negative thought literally imagine yourself writing it on a piece of paper so you're like writing it I don't know if you're left-handed most people aren't but we'll pretend it's really hard to masturbate with your left hand I don't know how people do it it's like um uh so you write the word down or the thought down in a piece of paper and you imagine that piece of paper crumbling and then you grab it and you shoot it and you make it into a basket and you're like, fuck yeah. Or another really good way to swipe a negative thought away is you just go, like, you know, when you're closing windows on your iPhone, you just go like, bloop, bloop, bloop. And I don't know when I became a really negative person. I thought I was like a really precarious, happy kid, but I think reality hit really quickly. When I first moved to America, it was in 95 and it was snowing like crazy. We had a crazy snowstorm in Virginia and I had never seen snow. And by the way, I fucking hate snow. Like people, they're like, I love snow. I love, I don't like it. Every time I ski, I fucking hurt myself. I hurt myself every, I don't understand. Like people that are good at skiing, that's awesome. But there's always that person that sucks and just goes along and then like breaks every part. That's me every time. Last time I went skiing, it was in this like, it was like a summer skiing. I was like in a bathing suit and I fell so badly on the one part that there was no snow. I was just like covered in dirt. There's all these hot dudes. They're like, hey, we saw that fall. It was really fucking bad. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> so I've never liked snow. 
we got to Virginia, it's snowing. We don't even own like snow clothing. There's nothing like, so the whole neighborhood had donated clothing to us. So I'm wearing like a, a hornet's jacket <laughs> that some neighbor gave me and like a shower cap over my shoes and we were playing and I have a younger sister, but she's always been the, like the protector. She played lacrosse, did gymnastics, like she'll kick your ass. And um, a neighbor came over to us and offered us hot cocoa, which is a, such a sweet gesture. But actually, um, cocoa means poop in Portuguese. <laughs> and so my sister pushed her down because <laughs> she thought we were getting teased because we're so used to like defending ourselves. So she like shoved her. And it was a whole thing, like for years and years and years, where we would laugh about it. Just like, you want some hot shit? Who would ever offer that? But my dad never told us, you know? Like, some of the first things he taught us were supposed to help us, like all the curse words. I knew them all. I remember when YMCA came on and everyone was doing it. And I was like, Dad, what's happening? Are people having strokes? He was like, No, it's these four gay guys. One each, they all have blue color jobs and they're all gay and they love, to, you have to go, Why? And I was like, Oh, I get it. And every time we pass by a rainbow flag, my dad does this joke. He's like, what is, you know what that means? Do you know what that means? I'm like, I do, dad. I get it. It's gay. Just like me. <laughs> I realized I was by in like high school. And the reason why was because I was so obsessed with Hanson. I like had the biggest crutch on, on the middle guy, the middle guy in Hanson. Because I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. I was like, I want that. <laughs> Whatever that is. And then Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like that. Like we were all really into femme boys. Anybody else my age in their thirties where they're like, it was just like, God, tool time. Oh my God. I would only watch it for how hot Jonathan Taylor Thomas was. Where is he now? Jonathan, if you're out there and you're like, I'm listening to this podcast randomly, give me a call. But it's funny to think about like who we become and like how tired and or jaded we become. Like, is it something that's already born with us? Like, are we born, are people born jaded? Are people born negative? Like, or is it all our experiences that make us that way? I'm really interested in kind of like that part of it. Recently, I've been reading a lot about trauma that's passed down genetically. That's such an interesting thing to me. Like, as a kid, I was always really, really jealous or, you know, and I found out there was like a lot of cheating in my past, like in the past of my family. And I'm like, whoa, that makes sense. Because like, I've always been super jealous. I have this joke about how like my ex and I both really wanted to have a threesome, but we couldn't do it because we were both really jealous. So we decided that our third person had to be terminally ill. It was the only way, like the person either had to die right after or we'd have to kill her. And, um, I've gotten a little better with that. And I think it's because like, I just, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm just more confident in my relationship, but I wonder if there is something to that. I wonder if there's things that genetically are passed down to us who makes us, you know, who make us who we are and we're not even aware of it, you know? And um, so I'm just so glad I'm here. This is like my, my talk therapy. I'm going to get down to the, to the, like who I really am through doing this. So that's an exciting thing. And I know it's only the second episode, but I thought I'd share like a kind of a big deal story that I've never really shared out loud just because I thought it might be healing for me and for other people. Maybe, maybe you hear it and you go, okay, that's something. I have scoliosis, which is such a bummer. I had open heart surgery when I was a baby, when I was one year old. That's what the scar is. It, but it kind of helps because it almost makes it look like I have cleavage. But I had open heart surgery when I was a baby. And so because of that, anytime that, you know, your chest cavity is cut open um your back always kind of gets fucked up and I, my parents I remember the day like we went and they were like you need to get a brace 
And I was so upset because I was just like finally learning how to speak English. And like I had friends finally. So I decided I'll choose friends in popularity. And then that didn't fucking work. I don't even know anybody from high school anymore except like two people. So wear a brace if your parents tell you. I did have braces though. Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, that was so expensive. Thank you, mom and dad. You know, the only part of braces that kind of panicked me was like when you get to choose your rubber bands. Cause I was like, is the world ready for my love of color? You know? And, but then I panicked and my very first rubber band color I chose was pale yellow. <laughs> the, the, even, I remember the nurse even going like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, pale yellow. It just always looked like I had come from eating corn no matter what, you know, they're like, Jade, where's the barbecue? <laughs> Go back. But anyway, I decided to share the story just because I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens. Um, so I was in this really, really long relationship and towards the end, I was kind of, unha- I was really unhappy and I d- couldn't really figure it out. Cause I think sometimes when you're in a relationship and things aren't working out, you look everywhere else for the issue because you don't want to disrupt the one thing that's like, you know, uh, hard to break apart. We had, we had, you know, lived in this house together forever. We had things together. It was really hard to kind of untangle from it. And I was just didn't, I'm not understanding, but we went, um, we went like water, water rafting, like tubing. Do you guys ever tube? Anybody ever tube at home? Virginia, like big time tuber over here. And, um, we were tubing. It was a bunch of us, a bunch of comics and, it was at the Kern River and it was like a really rough season. People were like, don't do it. And we just, we got so fucked up. Everyone's getting thrown off their tubes. Like my tube popped at one point and, um, oh, full disclosure, I was on mushrooms. So I didn't feel any of that. I was like, I'm one with nature. And it was like, Ugh. and like, I could feel the pain, but like, it wasn't really like an intense pain. It was just kind of like, oh, it kind of hurts to sit. And then like two weeks later, I went to Mexico and we went um, cliff diving and, I remember like I dived off of this cliff and, and when we, I landed the water, I felt like somebody had like punched me in the stomach and I was like, <gasps> like I lost my breath and I was like trembling and I was like, did anybody else feel like they got punched in the pussy when they jumped? And they were like, no. And I couldn't sit like the rest of the trip. And I just thought I had like maybe bruised my butt or I didn't even really know what a tailbone was at the time. You guys, I didn't know we still had like a leftover tail bone from when we were monkeys that is completely useless to us, except that it's like super uncomfortable when you break. And P.S. A lot of women break their tailbones when they in childbirth. So that's something to look forward to. So I go to Mexico. I'm like sitting on my ass the whole time and I'm in so much pain. Whatever. I go to several doctors. I don't know what's going on, by the way. The pain is everywhere. Like my legs aren't comfortable at this point And, you know, I'm uncomfortable in this relationship. And slowly I just became so, so, so depressed. And, um... I decided I was just really suicidal at the time. And I decided that I was going to go on a trip to Portugal because I'm Brazilian and I thought it would be really healthy for me to be in a place of origin and that I was like going to end it. It was done. I was done. I was going to get pills and I was going to go to this retreat in the middle of the woods. And I was just going to like, I don't know. It made sense. Now saying it out loud, it's like so dramatic and so intense. But when you're there, it just makes sense. Like your brain is like, yeah, this is the next step, you know? And so if you're there, please talk to someone. Um, I didn't. I had a few friends that kind of knew what, were going, what was going on, but I've spent so much of my life like trying to create this persona of perfection it, and it, it puts you in a darker hole because nobody's fucking perfect. And as soon as you like kind of accept your things that you hate about yourself, those are the things that people eventually love. So that's a lesson I'm still learning. But 
So I booked this trip to Portugal. I find a place called Valley of Moses, Valley de Moses. And it's a place in the eucalyptus forest um, in northern Portugal. And it's this couple who had a golden retriever named Moses. And they would travel the world with this huge golden retriever. And they finally got some money together from these like YouTube videos that they created with this dog. And it was like all this property in Portugal and they decided to buy it because it was called Valley of Moses. Like what, what a huge sign. Their dog, their like star dog that they had for like 10 years. So they buy this place and they, they would invite seven to 10 people to come in and do this like you'd work on yoga and, you know, healthier eating. And the reason why I went is because the woman there was really well known for like um, working with like people's spines. And I thought that maybe like the pain was related. To, I didn't know. I just was like this. I was drawn to that place. So I decided to go. And it was just a really dark. I was just so out of it at that time. And I was having some kind of allergies. So my face was like, it was just shitty, shitty time. So I, I fly there. I'm in horrible pain through the flight. I think I took like two Xanax. I, I still could feel it. It was horrible. I was like, I get there and I think like the, the third day in, um, the bread delivery guy comes in and he hits Moses, the golden retriever dog, without seeing him and kills him. Like, so here I am thinking like, I'm about to end my life. This is it. Like I'm going to have this beautiful week of enlightenment and then let go. And this dog dies. And needless to say, at this point, he's like 13 or something. Needless to say, the two people were devastated. Um, I think the woman, I think the, the man like disappeared. And the woman like, the woman, oh, by the way, the woman had the day before given me like a full body massage and she was like, darling, your tailbone's fractured like in several different places. Like I can feel it. And I was like, what? And that was the first time I like had put it together that I had like a broken bone that I'd been sitting on. And there's nothing you can do for it, by the way. You just like have a donut seat that you carry around. Like I just would pretend like it was a suitcase because it had a handle. So I'd just look busy instead of broken. Um, and so this dog dies. And it's just this, like, there's seven, seven of us, I think, and we're staying in this person's house, like, in these people's house. Like, I'm in his bedroom, in his kid's bedroom while the kid's out of town. And all of a sudden, this, like, basically, they're trying, like, I can't, e this is, like, the love of my life. I would kill a human for her. And I didn't have her at the time. And um, so I can only imagine the pain they were going through. And it was just such an awkward thing being there and seeing their loss and, you know, all these strangers in their house and they're still there to help us. Like the following day, we would do these silent walks so where half of the day you couldn't speak. Um, and they were like these guided meditative walks and you would go, someone would hold your hand and you would have your eyes closed and you would have to kind of walk with them to feel guided. And I was just sitting there and this guy's like, he's this bald British guy, like really soothing voice. He's like, some days are great. And he's like, and some days... You lose your best friend. And he's like hysterical about this dog. And it was such a moment of like, holy shit, life is so, so short, you know. And on top of that, you know, this relationship's crumbling. I'm trying to talk to my ex and try to get him on the phone to have any reason, you know. And I had, and I had Kevin Nealon at the time, like wouldn't stop calling me, wouldn't stop calling me. And I like totally credit him to just kind of making me like with the combination of the dog and this, it was just such an eye awakening situation. There was like people there for me and um, 
that I needed to like continue. And um, I've never told that story out loud. It's really crazy. The craziest part was the following day we had to go into the village, like the little village, because they were supposed to give us like a little wine and cheese party, you know? And I was the only one who spoke Portuguese in the group because everybody else was like Australian or British. And I had to be there when the guy is like telling the baker, like the bread delivery dude, the baker dude, like, yeah, you, you killed my dog. And the guy was like, I didn't know. Like, and I still remember the whole conversation. It was just this like, crazy experience and while I was there I, I met a girl there who we went into town one day and we're like oh this is horrible and she's like and I told her I wanted I really wanted to shoot this documentary and go back to Brazil because I felt really lost and unconnected and she was like you should go to Brazil and she's the whole reason I don't even remember her fucking name that's how like we take these little things for granted you know what I mean like these things that guide us and help us and we're like like and so I on this episode like I plead with you to like take the moment and really be in the moment and like look at things and whenever you feel like shit not only do the swipe things but do this thing where you feel the texture of where you're sitting like think about where you're sitting like for me I sit on this couch <laughs> this this beautiful elegant pink couch no um I think about like I went to Joanne's Fabrics I bought this fabric in line I met a lady who has a cat and she said it was the same size as Cheryl and I was like cool how cool and then I told her I wanted a hairless cat. And she was like, mm, not for me. And I was like, cool. Anyway, great conversation. And it just really brings me back to being in the moment. So, fuck, that's a crazy story, isn't it? And then years later, I finally went back to Brazil. And I don't know if a lot of people feel this way or if it's only me. I'm sure I'm not alone in this. But when you're from a different country and you move to, and you move when you're a really little kid, it's hard to feel like a sense of identity I just thought about this the other day. So my name is Jade, hence the name of the podcast. But my given name is Jaji, which is also Jade. But in Portuguese, it's pronounced in a totally different way, Jaji. And I realized the other day that the, the second I decided to not stay with my name Jaji and call me, like make everybody else call me Jade, that's the moment I started being a version of myself that wasn't really me, but it was like what I thought people wanted me to be. Honestly, that mo from that moment on, I wasn't who I was anymore. I didn't have my given identity that I had for the last 12 years. I didn't speak the language and it took me a long time to realize that. I went back to Brazil after being gone for 20 years, three years ago. Me and a camera guy were just like, let's fucking go. I hadn't seen my family in 20 years. I hadn't spoken Portuguese fluently in 20 years. And that night, I got on stage and did stand-up in Portuguese for the first time. I can't even explain the feeling. Like, I couldn't even think of the simplest words, like elbow. I was like, how do you say elbow? Cotovelo. I was like, yeah. And just seeing, like, what the comics are doing. It was just such a trippy thing. It's like, could I have gotten into, would I have been who I am if I had not moved from Brazil? And for a long time, I would be like, hey, I'm from Brazil. And people would be like, well, born in Brazil, but raised in America. Like, pe like people wouldn't allow me to have, like, my citizenship. Like, they wouldn't allow me to have that part of me. And it took me, like, doing stand-up in Portuguese to realize, like, no, it's mine. I'm from here. Like, I had all these memories. Um, my, my grandfather was a diplomat. So my grandma was, like, a first lady type. And I was very, very close with her. And she had this crazy apartment. She lived on this like penthouse apartment. Pele was her neighbor. 
like the famous soccer player. I remember seeing him in the elevator, like these crazy memories that I was like, are these memories? Are they like fucking dreams, you know? And when I went back, I like asked the doorman, I was like, did Pele live here? He's like, he did, of course, blah, blah, blah. And like seeing all these little details, like I got to go into the apartment and nobody was in there. So it was just like the bare bones of this apartment where I spent most of my childhood. And something really specific that comes to my mind is like, there was this window, um, the way that the window opened was like a really specific latch. And I always had dreams about opening the latch and being there, like this repetitive dream where I'm always in the spot. And when I got there, and as an adult, I got to see that and realize that it was a memory and it wasn't something that I had created. All of a sudden, I had this like newfound trust in myself where I'm like, the things you know and the things you feel are real and you're allowed to feel those things. You don't need other people to validate you in those feelings. Like, I don't need somebody to go like, oh yeah, you are Brazilian. Look at you. Look at the way you dance. Of course, those hips don't lie. Like, finally, I took ownership of being like, this is where I'm from. Like, this is who I am. But it is a big thing. Like when you're from a different country and you kind of lose that connection, you're stuck in this like gray zone all the time where I'm not Brazilian all the way because I go there and they're like gringa, gringa, you know, like they're like, oh, look at the way you pronounce that. And I would always say dollar, you know, when I'm talking about money. By the way, the dollar is like six dollars in Brazil. I'm fucking rich there. <laughs> like I'm like I was at a bar. I was like fucking drinks for everybody. And they're like, we sell clothes here. I'm like pants for everybody hemmed on me like I literally I think a bar tab was like $70 I was like everybody thought I was like this rich person I'm like I swear it's just the exchange but when I'm there I'm not like Brazilian enough and then when I'm here I'm not like American enough it's this weird I'm stuck in this weird fucking gray zone and I wonder if other people feel that way um and you know what? The other thing is like, there's not a lot of representation for Brazilian women, unless you're like a hot bikini girl or like Giselle. Nobody looks like Giselle, by the way. She's like a one of a kind. My friend did her makeup and she said she didn't have a single scar. It's bullshit. I have like just one down my chest. I'm like, she doesn't get one. Um, everybody has their own problems. Do you think Giselle thinks she's ugly? Like, do you think she has days where I'm like, I'm ugly? Probably not. No way, dude. She meditates and like her kids meditate. Ugh. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that, but being stuck in the gray zone, I think is finally something like I can talk about. I couldn't even talk about it. And the, like a lot of people don't even get a chance to re really reflect and figure out why they're so pissed. I feel like people are just pissed and they don't know why. You know what I mean? I would love to peg a dude. I don't, it's not something that I like sexually think about. Okay. I'll tell this story. Okay. It doesn't end with me pegging someone, but almost. Okay. So I am. Okay, I won't say which show, but I, sh I shot a show and one of my castmates was really into sex parties. And she would always tell us about these sex parties, these like exclusive sex parties in LA and how we should all go to one. And we're all like, and we're like, okay, like, you know, kind of like always being like, okay, we'll never go. But then after the rap party, we were all kind of drunk and we're like, and she was like, there's a party tonight. So we we're like, let's go. We're all dressed up, like might as well. We go to this hotel room and they have like both, they have two suites. I won't tell you which, cause I don't want them to get shut down, but I basically walk in, people are getting fucked and it's like, it's weird, you know? And it's like nobody that I'm really like enjoying. It's like a really tall woman with triple D tits and like a black dude with a huge dick just like stretching. Like that's really what it was. It was just weird. It was like a work party, but like everybody took Molly. And um, 
was kind of bizarre. And I, I, I met this German guy who was really cute and cool, but I was like not into it. And then all of a sudden I just like see this girl and we just like start looking at each other and we, she just walks up to me. We just start making out. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just making out with this girl at this party and she's French. And I'm like, anyway, I take her number down. She's like, we are going to another sex party tonight. Doing to come. And I'm like, um, no one, I think one sex party is like, I've met my quota for the year, but thank you so much. I write down her name. The night ends. I'm like, what a crazy night. Hope I didn't catch herpes. So I get home the next day. I can't figure out what her fucking name is. Like, I know it's something French. So I'm like, you know, I'm like trying to look up all the French names in my phone. I can't find her phone number. And I'm like, God, I really like this girl. Like, I want to meet with her again. Out of the blue, I get a text from the German guy. And he's like, hey, um, you want to come over and hang out? I'm hanging out with the French girl from last night. And I'm like, come again? So he's like, come, let's have some fun. And I'm like, oh my God, am I about to go have like a midday threesome? Like I think, and at that time I was like, you know, feeling really good about myself. I had just come out of that, that trip. Like I figured out my, my tailbone had finally healed. I could sit again. Um, and I was feeling myself. I was like, you know, I think I need more experiences like this. So my friend from the show came with me and was like, I'm going to sit in the car just in case. So she's out there sitting in the car. I open the door. I'm holding Sapporo's by the way. I brought Sapporo's. I love that beer. I was like, this would be a cool like beer to bring. I get there. The guy, the German guy opens the door right away. He's got like a huge herpes sore on his lip. Like right away. I'm like, like, I can't even look at him. It's so, it's like, it's like a mad TV sketch. I'm like, how, how are you in public? Like, I don't even go out in public if I have a zit like here, you know what I mean? And you're like, it's like people that go out with missing teeth. I know it happens sometimes, but like I couldn't do it. So right away, I'm like, fuck. I walk in and this like girl comes out. It's not the French girl. So he like bait and switched me. First of all, I'm like, it's not the French girl, but I don't even remember meeting this fucking French girl. And it like, they just had sex. I think it was like really weird energy. And on the table, there's all these sex toys. So I'm like, okay, I'll have a beer and I'll get a story out of this. You know, we're not going to hook up, but like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So he explains to me that he loves getting pegged and that like he really wants me to peg him and I'm listening. And then I finally am like, Hey man, look, I'm all about like transparency and like, this is fun and everything, but like, what's up with like, what's up with the herpes? You know, like basically I'm like, what's up with your lip? Cause like I've gone 37 years without catching it. Like not today, not today herpes. So he's like, Oh yeah, this dog beat me. And I was like, you're not even going to own, like, you're telling me a dog bit you and then you have a, like, it was just such a, like, and then he's like, and you can, you don't have to kiss me. You just have to, you can still peg me. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to peg you, dude. So I, I, I text my friend and I'm like, yeah, this, no, you know, come pick me up, whatever. Like, are you still here? Please rescue me from this. Until this day, I still get texts from him when he's in town and he's like, you feel like coming in for a quick peg? Man, I really wanted to do it. So it was kind of a bummer. But yeah, I never really understood. I mean, I wish more men were up for it, like the prostate stuff. But with these puppies, I can't do shit. I don't want to hurt anybody, you know. But every boyfriend I have, I'm sorry. I'm always like, let me see your butthole. I just have a curiosity. Like I'm a pervert. I'm a pervert. Like I'm constantly thinking about not people's genitals, but like if I walk by a person, I'm constantly like, what is it? What do their genitals look like? Like, I just, I'm always curious about it. Like, I feel like if we met each other in a naked way, you would know so much about a person. You can tell so much about a person 
through their genitals. Like whether it's held them back or given them like delusional confidence. I think we should lead. I think there should be an app where your profile picture is just like your pussy. Are you guys writing this down? Because I feel like this is a million dollar, a million dollar idea. Wow, I'm really thinking big, huh? One day I'll make a million dollars after tax. Do you guys ever, did you guys watch that show? Um, what was it? It was like for love or are you the one or it was, I, I forget like, no, it was the one where they like couldn't sleep together. Otherwise the pot of money from, there was like a shared pot of money. And if any of the hot couples like fucked or hooked up, the money would be taken away from the pot. What was it called? Anyway, it just happened. It was like right in the beginning of COVID it happened. And this, this one pair of people like had sex. Like we don't care. We just fucking had sex. The money that they went after was like, I think like, it was like seven grand split. It was like it was like a ridiculous amount of money split into a million people before taxes, before they pay their reps. Like you make no fucking money. That's what people don't know when they watch TV. They're like, "Wow, that's so much money." It's like you don't get that whole bunch, babe, unless you're incorporated. Too hot to handle was the name of that show. Too hot to handle. Now the girl's like dating some other girl who's really hot too hot to handle. I should do that. I mean, there's so many, there's so many apps. There's like farmersonly.com match that three, there's a threesome app called Thrinder. You go on there to find people that have threesomes with, you can go there behind any garbage can and you find all the same people. Um, but there should be one where it's like just your genital. That's brilliant. Fuck. I should fucking, I should do that. I'm going to make that. I read a study a long time ago couldn't give you any credentials, no bibliography here. Remember when you had to make bibliographies? What do they do now? It's just like, they just give you Wikipedia, Wikipedia pages. So I read the study about whether there was correlation between women that were really outgoing and where their clit was. Like they were saying that people with more of an exposed clit was like more outgoing, which is funny, you know, because like, cause it's like, like penises are pretty similar to each other. Like the ones I've seen, like, you know, different in shape and size and like head and stuff like that. But like women's vagina is like totally different. Like, so that's the, the bullshit part. It's like men go by this standard of like, I want your pussy to look like you're 15 and like shaved and blah, blah, blah. But like women's pussies are not well represented in anything. Like anything that you see with a vagina on it is so graphic. Even for me, if I see a vagina, I'm like, oh, it's a vagina, a vagina, it's a vagina. Like we need to normalize them, honestly, because I've always wanted to tell like more vagina jokes in a crude way where it wouldn't just turn people off completely. Double standards, dude. Like a guy can just pull his ball up. You know that thing where guys do and they're like, oh, look at my, look at my, new belt buckle and people are like oh that's your balls hilarious and then I pull out a lip and I'm like check out my new leather wallet <laughs> and people are like you're disgusting go back to school it's not fair <laughs> like I want to be like I want to show my tits all the time and, and then the, like there's it, it, there's such a fine line of like sexuality and funny like when does you know you have to be like a not attractive person to make jokes that are like physical that's such bullshit I guess funny's funny, and if you're funny, it's undeniable. It's not really about who you are or what you are. It's just like, be funny. I got my nipple pierced when I was in college. Oh, this is a good story. Sorry, I'm rambling now. I'm on a roll now. I went to Fort Myers, Florida for spring break when I was in college because my friend's grandma lived there, and we thought we could get drunk and not get in trouble. Like, after the first or second day, we all got our fake IDs taken away. 
And um, so we were like, let's go get a tattoo. My friends really wanted to get a tattoo and I was not into it yet. I didn't have any tattoos yet. I was like, no. So we go to this tattoo place. I end up somehow getting my fucking nipple pierced, which was one of the best experiences. I still remember them. Like they pull it out and then like, just like, it was the most, it was like the biggest rush I've ever gotten. And then all my friends got fucking henna tattoos. So that's, that explains my friends and me that just the little bit of a backstory there. And I remember I called my mom and dad to tell them, you know, cause I tell them everything. And, and, and I said, I, Hey guys, I, you know, I got my nipple pierced and my dad right away, like got off the phone mad and hung up. And my mom didn't really understand it. Cause uh, like her English was kind of rough at the time. And she goes, she's in Portuguese. What did, what did you say? What did you say? What did you know? And I finally explained it to her and it's just a long, quiet pause. And then she goes, Jade, por que? She's like, Jade, why? <laughs> why? So I always think of that. I've always been too open with my parents. I've never understood people not telling their folks stuff. The first time I tried cocaine was at a Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> I don't do cocaine. It's not for me. Like th this is off of, I'm so hyper off of like three sips of Diet Coke, but I did it a few times, obviously, because I'm not a fucking virgin bitch. Um, so I did cocaine, came home, was like projectile vomiting and shitting myself. So I woke up my parents and I was like, you guys, I did cocaine. I'm so sorry. I did cocaine. And so they took me to the doctor the next day and I, um, I had the stomach flu. So that's why I was sick. And then I was like sick and in trouble at the same time, you know, like they would get me Gatorade, but not the, the good kind. They would give me like the red one. I'm like, ew, like blue every time. Well, guys, it's been so exciting. I feel like the second one already flowed better than the first one. So maybe this will be the first one. It's been so great to sit here and share with you guys. It's actually been like very energizing for me. I feel good. Cheryl's ready to go. She's ready for, Cheryl, are you ready for a snack? I got to give her one now because that would be, I will give you one in a second. I'll give you one in a second. You guys make sure to subscribe and like and all this stuff. I never thought I'd be saying this, but it's kind of fun. Like, oh my God, I'm an influencer. Um, is that how you say it? That sounded weird. I'm an influence, influencer, influencer. It sounded weird coming from my mouth, doesn't it? Like, what are you saying? Um, please make sure to like our videos and subscribe. And um, next week, I'm going to be sending out um, stickers to people who subscribe. So you can just send a little screenshot to my DM or send it to me on Twitter. Um, and I'm excited to see that. And I have some road dates coming up. Can you believe it? Jade is back on the road. What? Does she remember how to do stand-up? Probably not. But fuck. Come play with me. Look up jadecatapreta.com for all the dates. Guys, that's been jaded. Ciao. Jaded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá.